You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Several years ago, when I still worked as a field computer tech for a company, I was fixing the computer of somebody who worked on systems in different states, and I was fixing his computer. We just got to talking, and I can't remember how we got on the topic that I revealed that I was in marching band in high school. This man starts laughing into my ear on the phone, and I just calmly continue fixing his computer. And then he says, I bet you got jumped a lot in high school. And all I said was, my seventh period class was judo. And he shut up and didn't say anything else. All that story to say that putting people in boxes and assuming things might just make you look like a jackass. Welcome to Lesbertarian, the only place for liberty-loving muff divers and muff diving enthusiasts. Join us this week as we tear apart the political binary and take a look at issues through the lens of non-aggression and reason. I'm your host, Kim Chang. Throw on your flannel, rent your U-Haul, and let's get this thing started. Welcome to another episode of Lesbertarian. The story from the beginning is going to be a theme that we're about to jump right into. A tweet on January 24th from Michael Malice. Quote, This quiet assumption on the right that gays are basically SJW identitarians is one of the most powerful weapons the left has in its pocket. Bingo, glad somebody else said it. I understand why we as humans make generalities. We see patterns. And if you see a pattern enough, you're going to think that's something that's just going to commonly happen. The problem with human beings, though, is that we're all different. You're not going to ever find a person that is 100% the same. Considering there are people like me, who's lesbian and is black, I'm definitely not on the left. I don't want to ever go there again. I run into people in the LGBT community that do exemplify the stereotype that we're all used to. Then there's a lot that are more moderate that feel disillusioned. And I feel like that's where the Republicans are making a misstep. Disillusioned people are important, if you want to get a good voter base and seem like you're the party of the people. I, of course, now for one, I don't want any of these parties doing anything about my life and making policies for it. I want to be free. However, talking in terms of these two parties, they're doing themselves a disservice. There's a disenfranchised group of people who are getting tired of being put in these stupid boxes and then used as a political prop on the left, and the right should be sucking that right up. Instead of that, we have people that are thinking, okay, if I'm black, I go to the right, I'm going to be an Uncle Tom. If I'm gay and I go to the right, all the people on the left are going to be like, you're voting against your interests. What the heck is my interest? My interest is myself and living and living this life that I've been given. And I just want to do that without interference from the left or the right. Now, if the right claimed that they were all about liberty and freedom, they would be looking for these people and turning them to their ways. No, but it's just the left and the right are just going to continually be a battle. And the fact that people still participate in this battle of voting for these people who don't care about us is just detrimental to this this society. We keep thinking somehow we vote the right person in, it's going to help. At the same time, we we start getting these situations where people are so focused on trying to put people in these boxes that we start to lose humanity. It feels like we've lost a lot of humanity, and I know the left is always talking about, yes, this is why being an SJW is fine. We're focused on feminism, civil rights, people's rights. The thing is, that neither party actually is. And if we're the people, and they're supposed to be catering to us, they're definitely not doing it right. 
the fact that the Republicans are just allowing themselves to be labeled this without reaching out to these people that are leaving the left in mass and they're just wanting to be independents and they're supporting Tulsi Gabbard, which she's definitely the better, was the better out of all the candidates. These people, people who supported her, I want to grab them and go, hey, it's all about liberty. You come here. The Republicans don't want to do that. And for a party that focuses on tradition, there's nothing wrong with tradition. I have traditions myself. I understand that they don't want to always step into this new thing. They, the party itself has a lot of aspects where it's all about family and military and all of that. Well, times change. And while I think tradition should still stay in place because I think history is important to remember and know, we're moving forward. And I'm not sure talking about progressive progress because I feel like that's just a term for, hey, we're just going to make some policies that are different than the Republicans and you should support us. I'm talking about we're moving forward. People are different. People in the LGBT community are coming out. We're able to be ourselves. Times are changing. People are changing. And we all have rights. And really, if you claim to support our rights, then you should be trying to bring in people who feel disillusioned. But once again, the, the right and the left are, as you've heard, two wings on the same bird. So even though this tweet was about the right and their missteps, both parties are making missteps because there are people who certainly didn't like Trump and he's in office and they were too busy crying and whining about Trump that people don't want to be on the left anymore. They're like, I don't want to join that party. I was on the right. I don't want to be in that party. A bunch of whiny folks. All these disillusioned people. And if you want to tell me that the left and the right care about people, they would be reaching out. And they don't. Enough of that ranting. It's time for some more news. Two people that used to be on RuPaul's Drag Race, one called Kim Chi from season eight and Ms. Cracker. That's the name. I'm not calling anybody a cracker. It's Ms. Cracker on here. They're, this is going to be the first Super Bowl ad that involves drag queens. Ready, Cracker? Chickpeas. I was born ready. I hope this doesn't give me helmet hair. Yeah, I know that was just audio, but trust me, it was not actually all that exciting. And while I know some people will be in uproar, who in the heck is really paying attention to these ads for the Super Bowl anyway? Yeah, I know they say millions of people watch the NFL, probably less now because it's become political shenanigans. The thing is, half the time I've noticed when it comes to the commercials, they've gotten so boring and nowhere near funny anymore that people just go out and get a new drink or they smoke or they're talking to people during those. So, hey... Good luck to you. I guess this is history making, but really, I don't think anybody's paying attention to these ads. But whatever. Next story. South Korean soldier is going to be interesting to try to pronounce. Byon Hisu, a transgender soldier who enlisted as a man at the beginning, decided to go through transition surgery while still in the military. And of course, South Korea is still very traditional, not accepting of LGBT rights, especially not transgenders in the military. Hisu actually was going to wait until the two years are up because in South Korea, all able-bodied men have to serve for at least two years. And she was going to wait, but the gender dysphoria was causing a lot of depression. She decided to go ahead. There was an examination that was done, and they found out, of course, that she now didn't have the genitals that she signed up in the military with, and they decided this was a mental and physical handicap and they had a panel and ended up saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to discharge you. And they did it really quickly, like the day after when it was reported that usually when they have these sort of things, it takes upwards of about three months before somebody's discharged. And this one was almost immediate. 
now she's appealing and continues to want to be in the military. She actually wanted to be in the military since she was young. So she's a proud soldier. And while the statists, or people who at least sort of, they sort of support a little bit their minarchist, I can understand where some people are thinking, hey, they should allow transgenders in the military. And if you are going to be fighting for your country, I guess they are just going to sign up anyway. You just need a lot of able bodies. I don't think anybody should want to be a bootlicker. Growing up to be a bootlicker is not going to be good for you, sending all these people to fight wars. And there's nothing I trust in South Korea, and there's a lot I don't trust about the government here in the U.S. either. Being a bootlicker anywhere is not going to be a good idea. The government doesn't care. You are just a body they're throwing out. And if she hasn't caught on to that yet, that not only are they focused on just having able-bodied men, that's, that's all they want. They're not focused on if she's depressed or if she has gender dysphoria. They just want her to go out there and fight. And we fight for these countries who don't give a damn about us as individuals. So while I think it was rude of them and, you know, if she wants to continue to fight, sure, let her. Thing is, I just don't, I can't uplift bootlicking. It's not going to work for me. And I've always heard a lot of arguments. People are saying, well, how are we going to defend the country? If you're telling me right now that our military here is defending the country instead of meddling in somebody else's business in other countries, then I would have to call you a liar. In South Korea, there's a lot of crap that is going wrong. I don't understand why people want to fight for these countries that don't care about them. So stop doing that. And for our last story, 17-year-old Louisiana gay teen, black gay teen specifically, was found in a wooded area dead after his parents had reported him missing. About an hour after missing, they found his body. At this point, there isn't a ton of detail that we know about it. The Taylor family is convinced that it's a hate crime. I don't know if anybody else has details that we don't have. I can't yet say it's a hate crime, and I understand it was a black young man who was gay, and yeah, they can be targets for hate crimes. The thing is, we don't have any details just yet. I don't know if they're being withheld. I've checked a few articles. One of them did say that there has been an update where they found evidence in a lake near where they found his body. doesn't tell us what the evidence is. It is an ongoing investigation. There was a Martin Luther King Day parade in Angie, Louisiana, where protesters showed up with signs that basically said, no justice equals no peace. And a lot of people are viewing this as a hate crime. I just don't understand yet if it is. The Taylor family believes that the sheriff and all of the people in the police department there are biased. They're not investigating this as a hate crime, but they want to get the FBI involved. They want the government to help them because they don't think their local police are doing the right thing. Now, the local police have decided, the sheriff has decided, hey, we're going to investigate this as a homicide at this point. Which actually makes sense. You can't just go ahead and say, hey, this person is black and gay, therefore it had to be a hate crime. I don't know, it could have been somebody he knew. I don't have the details yet. The thing is, it's right to investigate it as a homicide first. And as you find more evidence, that's when you're going, okay, we can go ahead and say this is a hate crime. You can have it in your back pocket and think, okay, we have to think it might be a hate crime at some point, could be a possibility. But what you need to do is focus on the facts that you have. That isn't what people seem to do these days. As soon as somebody who's a minority gets murdered, it's always a hate crime. And while I'm saying that this is this could or couldn't be a hate crime, don't know yet, I think that America, we're just really, really good at jumping to conclusions. And right now the left is enjoying that sort of thing because now they're going to get to have more stories about, oh, look at all these hateful people. This country is terrible. 
We don't even have the details yet. People are coming out with protests. If they have more details, I would love to hear them if they can confirm this is a hate crime. And it's not just family that's grieving and very angry. Because I can understand that I'd be grieving and really angry if I reported my kid missing and find out that they're dead. Not far from home. And goodness knows how I'd react. Maybe I wouldn't be in my right mind. That's a little hard. The thing is, jumping into these investigations and trying to push that, hey, this is a hate crime, could be detrimental to this investigation. And what we need to focus on is getting justice for this child. And hate crime or not, guys, there's somebody who died and they need to get to the bottom of it. And I hope they do. That's all for this episode. It was a short one. It's okay. I'm not going to always put out 20 to 30 minute episodes. But if you have any comments on the story or you have some topics you want me to discuss or just have something to say, you can reach me on Twitter at Lesbertarian, Facebook, Lesbertarian, Lesbertarian at gmail.com, and Insta, Lesbertarian. Simple, isn't it? Until next week, love one another.